Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, what has been a wonderful morning already. Uh, what a joy to celebrate uh, Dan's baptism and to celebrate uh, Jesus in faith, to celebrate the way that Jesus dramatically changes lives, uh, to recognize and celebrate God's promise of life change in our hearts and minds. So good to be able to do that together as a, as a faith community. And in fact, that's what we're going to look at today as we spend one more week in chapter two of the book of Acts. Uh, now, we, we've spent a few weeks here at the beginning of the book of Acts, uh, and it's because that's important to notice this progression that we've been talking about that we find early in this book. Because if we understand this progression of some transitions, then we'll, we'll have a much better understanding of the rest of the book. I told Pastor Holly this last week that, that these feel like small steps forward so far for us each week. Uh, but understanding these transitions, like I said, are key to the rest of the story and even to where we are here and now today as we celebrate our faith in the church. So it started at the beginning of Acts with this transition from Jesus to the disciples and to the early church. The kingdom of God is here, right? It's not an earthly kingdom. Uh, But he said, you are to be my disciples and you are to be my witnesses to the rest of the world that the kingdom of God is here. That's step one in the book of Acts. We looked at that in the first week, that transition from Jesus to the disciples and the early church. Step two is where we left off last week where Jesus doesn't just leave his disciples or the early church without help in this, in this uh, charge to be witnesses. He gives them the Holy Spirit, empowering them as they continue to grow and thrive in faith, but also to do this witnessing work that he's called us all to do. He gives the Holy Spirit to empower us to do that. And so now we come to step three. And what step three here is in these transitions in the early chapters of Acts is what happens in the first few moments when spirit-filled disciples start the work. I love the Bible, and I love this story. We get to see these transitions happen. It brings us to our text for today. So at the end of last week's passage, we noticed that one of the first things the disciples did after being filled with the Spirit was participate in witness-like activities. Do you remember that? We recognize that we have that call too, as we're filled with the Spirit, to participate in witness-like activities. It said the disciples started preaching the gospel and doing so in many languages. So we actually have one of those sermons recorded here at the beginning of Acts. Peter stands up and begins speaking to the crowd. So let's look at this together. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 14. It reads like this. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you have seen was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then what he does is he, he quotes this passage from the book of Joel. And here's how Peter quotes it. Uh, can you make sure that... I, Can you go to that next slide for me? That'd be great. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a way to begin a message, right? <laughs> this first thing that he says to everybody. Uh, and just here's, because this is kind of fun. We've been doing this each week a little bit. Here's a little fun trivia fact about, about these, uh, these speeches here in Acts. Did you know that the book of Acts or Luke's work has about 28 recorded speeches or sermons? Most of these are either by Peter or Paul. And so combined, they count for almost 25% of this particular book. So in other words, anytime you don't skip the speeches in the book of Acts, they're important to, uh, to this book. But any good speech, and especially in scripture, uh, is more than just what is said, but we also have to consider how it's said and who it's said to. So the New, a New Testament scholar, Will Willimon, wrote about these, this speech in Acts. He says, Acts was probably at first written for insiders, that is, Christians who were struggling to retain the boldness, faith, and confidence of, this, of, of a new internal or external struggles that they may have been facing at the time. So the Holy Spirit is filling the disciples and they start teaching and preaching and there's a lot of questions about what's going on. So in order to explain what's happening in this moment, in order to encourage the faith of those that are gathered and in this difficult and uncertain time after Jesus' death, the first thing that Peter does, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is to take those who are gathered there on a little bit of a journey, a little historical journey. And he shares with them, that, and what he shares here from Joel is designed to help them understand this moment and help them capture a new vision for the future. So Peter starts with this quote from, old, from the Old Testament, Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 28 through 32. We just read Peter's version of it. Now let's go to the book of Joel and read it because there's one key difference that Peter does that we need to notice. So Joel chapter 2, starting in tw verse 28, reads like this. Then... After doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It sounds almost exactly the same, doesn't it? It sounds very, very similar, but there's one key difference here between Joel and Acts. Peter updates a very particular phrase uh, that lets his hearers know that something significant has happened. So if you'll notice that in Joel, the passage says, you can see there, uh, after doing all these things, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, it says, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And then you can see in Acts chapter 2, Peter's kind of updated uh, version of that phrase. In the last days, he says, or God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. This is kind of a cool thing because in scriptural studies, this is what's known as a this is that phrase. You can kind of maybe begin to understand what that looks like. This is that. So essentially, Peter is saying, hey, do you remember what Joel said would happen on the day that we're all hoping for? And they're like, yeah. He quotes it. Do you remember that? 
Well, what's happening right now, this is that. Does that make sense? It's powerful. This is that. The people had longed for the days that Joel wrote about, the days when God or Yahweh would fulfill his promise of rescue and that they would know that he has come by these signs. Another New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright, writes this, that Jerusalem was full of people who were eager for signs that maybe the people of Israel had arrived at this hoped-for destination, even if it didn't look like they thought it was going to. Yes, Peter says, we've got to the point where all the brochures, what they're saying has started to come true. <laughs> these days are, are, these are indeed those days. So when Peter is talking about these last days here, he's talking about the time that they, that they the, the time when the promises uh, would be fulfilled and the story of God would come to a pivotal turning point and all sorts of new things would start to happen. And that's exactly what they are seeing. He's saying what, we're ho- what we've hoped for is here and now in your very sight this very day, a turning point in the story of God's rescue plan for humanity. Do you see it? Whew, that's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it's so great. And that is still happening today. God's powerful spirit empowering us to faith and to the proclamation of, a, of, a, of the word of the gospel in a way that makes all the difference in hearts and minds and in this world. This is that, is what Peter is saying. And then Peter makes another very important connection in his message by saying that God did all of this and is starting all of these new things through the person of Jesus. Joel talked about Yahweh and now Peter connects the idea of Yahweh and Jesus. In Acts chapter 2 verse 23, it says, but God knew what would happen and he And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of the lawless Gentiles and you nailed him to a cross and you killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life for death could not keep him in its grip. (laughs) Amen. So this powerful, this hope that we've had is here and now. We're seeing it this very day, Peter's saying. And the work that's being done is being done through the powerful the death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. It is the unanimous conviction of the uh, New Testament authors. We know this, that Jesus has kicked off this new part of God's rescue plan. Jesus was God and he invited everyone now into the family of God and the proof was the pouring out of his spirit in this moment. And with the outpouring of God's spirit, we see that this, there's, a, there's a new season between God and humanity. It's truly a time of newness. The New Testament calls it a time of new creation. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Just think about what that means in that moment for those people and for that world. Is there any aspect of your life that you feel like needs a little bit of God's new creation touch? <laughs> the good news in what Peter is saying is that that hope is, is here and now. God can do it here and now. It's no longer a waiting game. Through Jesus Christ, we can be be remade, be made new. There is hope in hopelessness, light in the darkness. Do you see it? Does it it set your heart on fire? Because that's true for us here and now in our lives, but for our world too. 
And it is for all people. That's the exciting thing. Again, N.T. Wright says this. Up to this moment, God had acted by his spirit among his people, but it had always been an ins- uh, by inspiring one person here or, uh, or two there, kings and prophets, priests, righteous men and women. Now, he writes, in a sudden burst of fresh divine energy released through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God's spirit has been poured out upon all, a lot of people all at once. <laughs> There's no discrimination between slave and free, male and female, young or old. They're all marked out side by side as the nucleus of God's true people filled with the Spirit. The effect that the gospel has, is having on the people that are hearing Peter speak is incredible. And the message is that this invitation of newness and new life is for all people and for all time. And all those people filled with the Spirit, what happens is they begin to shout out in in several different languages all the powerful things that God has done, that Jesus has done. And they, like we this morning, are witnesses to the way that Jesus can change life. Amen? My prayer all week, as you know, so far these several weeks of this series has been, God, fill us with your powerful Spirit and help us As we heard earlier, help us have a a burst of fresh divine energy given to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus and the filling of the Spirit. Do you want that this morning? Do you need that today? Do you need this renewal of hope in your life? So in the first few chapters of Acts, we see step one, a transition from Jesus to the disciples in the early church. Step two, the giving of the Holy Spirit to empower the believers. And step three, we begin to see what happens when Spirit-filled disciples start the work. We, can t- we get to participate in that as well, where we get to be as filled with the Spirit. We get to participate in these witness-like activities and actually see Jesus change lives around us. It's not just for stories of a, th- of a couple thousand years ago. It is here and now, and it's happening even in our midst. I cannot wait for you to hear some of the story of Na- Nancy's story next week. Unbelievable, radical change through Jesus. Transformation, salvation, renewal, new creation. These are the things that characterize what the gospel does through people who are filled with the Spirit. And I love it. One uh, commentator said, new creation begins in the upper room with Jesus, his friends and fa- where his, his friends and family have gathered. It's not in the temple. It's not in these larger rabbinic schools. It's not in the back rooms where religious zealots of the day maybe are planning revolutions. This possibility of newness and hope through God's active spirit starts with those who have been with Jesus and who had seen him alive after his resurrection, who find themselves overwhelmed with the fresh wind of the spirit and they're unable to stop speaking about what they've seen and heard. I want that to be characterized of my life too, that I am unable to stop speaking about what I've seen and heard and what Jesus has done in my life what he can do in the lives of the people around us and in our world. God's powerful saving work, as as one commentator put it, is wonderfully inclusive. (laughs) It's for everybody. There's no category of people that is left out. Women, men, all ages, all social classes, God's powerful saving work is for all who call on the name of the Lord. Acts, a little bit later in Acts chapter two, uh, in verse 32, it says this. That God raised Jesus from the dead And we are all witnesses of this. 
Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, uh, and the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. And again, just a few verses later, in verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. <laughs> and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is to you, to your children, and to those uh, far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. I love that. <laughs> Let's do that this morning, okay? <laughs> Strongly urging all his listeners, he said, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 and all. Are you inspired by the impact that the gospel can have through spirit-filled people who are willing to surrender and submit themselves. You need, God can renew anyone, everyone, and all things. Amen? He, he is that powerful. Will you say yes to his work if you need it in your own life? And will we say yes to participate uh, as a church family for the sake of our world? That's the power of a spirit-filled Gospel being preached even today. Being saved doesn't just mean going to heaven when people die, right? It means knowing God's rescuing power and the power revealed in Jesus here and now, even as you sit in this room. I love it. It says Peter goes on to encourage his hearers to call on the name of the Lord. Uh, and so to know that salvation, know that rescue as a present reality as well as a future hope. Anyone uh, who, who knows that they need rescuing, whatever from, can call on the Lord and discover that it can happen right in this very moment. I felt like I left this week uh, working on this and thinking through this with that phrase on my heart and my mind, call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. How many times, I know this, right? We know this, but how many times do you go through something significant or struggle or you're not sure what to do and you don't call on the name of the Lord? It happens to all of us. Can we just be people that habitually call on the name of the Lord and know and know that he will answer and know that he moves through his spirit in us and through us, not only for our sake, but for the sake of the world. Worship team, would you come on back? We can celebrate this work today. We are invited to participate in this process in our own lives and for everyone around us. And with this transition complete, the three steps that we've talked about here in the early uh, book of Acts, from Jesus to the disciples and the early church, that Jesus then gives the disciples and the early church the, whole, the, holy, the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to see what happens when those who are filled with the Holy Spirit begin to do the work that they're called to do. And now, that will help us uh, as Acts tells the stories, as we go on and Acts continues to tell us the stories of what happens when people encounter the saving work of God. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Read Acts as much as you can over these next few weeks. We won't be able to get it all. Incredible, incredible stuff. So spend some time with it this week. And I cannot wait till we're together again next week and we can sing and pray and look together again at the book. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, my heart is just celebrating this morning. Celebrating with Dan 
in this moment, this sacred moment in his life of baptism, this moment where he, he, he connects with you uh, in your death as he goes under the water. And he participates in the new life that you have created for all of us through your son, Jesus, as he comes out of that water. Praise be to you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. Thank you for the way that you have saved us. Thank you for your promises of renewal and change. Thank you that you tell us you'll never leave us, that you're always with us. Thank you for your love that you shows you show to us time and time and time again. Thank you for the book of Acts as it tells the story of how the church began the work that you've called us all to, to be witnesses. Holy Spirit, move in this room. We know that that was not just for something long ago. It is here and now as well. And we can call on your name, Jesus, in this moment. And so we do. Jesus Christ, Lord of all, Savior of my heart, move. For the sake of all the people around us, we give you praise, Jesus glory in your name. Amen. Would you stand and let's sing this last song together?